Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm CB Drogi. This week, Three Ways to Ride an Elephant by K.J. Hannah Greenberg. Joanna closed the dog-eared book. Though she had meant to get some new reads, she found herself returning again and again to that enthralling publication, Three Ways to Ride an Elephant. That one-off assemblage of words advocated that care should be taken when mounting a goliath, bareback ought to be utilized instead of platforms, and rides must be hired only from environments in which brutes are contained within herds and in which caretakers actually bother to tend them. Three Ways to Ride an Elephant had been a sleeper hit 15 years ago. Despite the fact that conspiracy theorists still posited that the book had been intended as a lampooning of safari guides, the volume had become a bestseller over a few promotion-free months because of its inclusivity, namely because of its daring presentation of people possessed of matching arms, matching ears, matching legs, matching eyes, and matching bits and bobs of secondary sexual features. Accordingly, when the book had first appeared, it had been deemed scandalous. Consequently, teenagers all over the globe, counting Joanna, had wanted to buy it. Some youngsters had made do with pinching their older siblings' or parents' copies. A few high schoolers had accidentally dropped copies of it in their coat pockets while browsing bookshops. Fewer still had waited until the second run was issued by the publisher and, rather ordinarily, had paid the necessary quid to purchase it. Contrariwise, Johanna had traded for her copy. She had emptied her cupboard of stuffed animals, spare carabiners, glitter pens, Romanian kerchiefs, and seashells, and had then walked to Amy's house. Days earlier during recess, Amy had proclaimed to dweebs like Joanna, and in a similar manner to popular girls like Charlotte, that she had managed to buy two copies of the sought-after title, despite the fact that even given the second run, both minute boutiques and vast emporiums were limiting sales to one per customer. To hold two copies was to be exceptional. Adolescents adore distinction. Yet that excellence of Amy's vanished following Johanna's visit. In place of her social accolade, Amy came into ownership of many fabric platypodes, horses, and hippos, all of which were asymmetrical, as nature dictated. Several glitter pens filled with gold or silver ink a handful of gorgeous woolen headscarves which were embroidered with red and gold flowers, two sea stars, and most significantly, an oath from Johanna that David Baker would escort Amy to the next school dance. Amy had no interest in Johanna's carabiners. David was among the most well-liked boys. The difference between the length of his right leg and that of his left was three easily discernible centimeters. What's more, his right eye was blue and his left was brown. Additionally, his hair sprouted as a ginger shade, except for his ghost-white cowlick. Few among their classmates enjoyed as much variance as he. Johanna sighed. It had cost her the carabiners, her permanently borrowed younger brother's bike wheels, 
and steering column plus her carp, Adam, to get David to take Amy out. As it were, David and Amy had become and had remained a couple. They eventually married, but never ever, at least publicly, ascribed the prospect of their union to Joanna. That they had a passel of gorgeously lopsided kids, most of whom had David's mismatched eyes, as well as Amy's strangely paired ears, likewise was never credited as stemming from Johanna's providence. When Johanna attended their wedding, and others of their subsequent milestone celebrations, she clung to whichever bar or wall was most accessible. There was courage in rum punch, and comfort in wallpaper. Johanna dumped half a jar of pasta sauce into a small pan, and searched successfully for boxed macaroni. She then pulled a stool to her kitchen counter, sat and rested her chin in her palms. Mindlessly, she tapped her fingers against her face. The digits on her left hand were somewhat longer than the digits on her right, and as such played staccato closer to her eye socket than her cheekbone. Those mismatched fingers were Johanna's only physical virtue. Her feet were identical in width, her teeth were evenly spaced, and her belly button was located dead center on her stomach. But in the summer, it was as awkward to be swathed while others were nearly naked as it was to expose her conspicuous imperfections. Johanna poured herself a glass of Chardonnay. She sipped, and then sighed some more. While her pasta was boiling and her sauce was simmering, Blue Man limped into the kitchen. That Siamese had cost Johanna an entire month's pay. So impeccable was he with irregularities. Even as a kitten, it had been obvious that Blue Man's head would become lopsided, and that more fur would grow on one side of his tail than the other. The breeder had demanded twice the fee for him, as for his less skewiff littermates. Joanna sighed another time. She wished it was as easy to obtain a partner as a pet. Escorts, however, were not her bailiwick. Illicit foreign spouses were too troublesome with which to bother. She patted Blue Man and then opened a tin of food for him. After stirring her noodles, Johanna sighed some more. In three ways to ride an elephant, people who were more repulsive than she were, epitomes of intrigue, doyens of romance, and the oft-desired mates of the brightest, most beautiful men. At least, in that book's author's mind, there existed a society in which proportion is treasured. Reaching for her smartphone, Johanna punched in a dating app. She scrolled to the Misfits category. Having reread her beloved book hundreds of times, she knew that the best way to ride an elephant, taking into consideration pachyderm's well-being, was not to ride one at all. This has been Three Ways to Ride an Elephant Written by K.J. Hannah Greenberg Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash manowaker to find out more. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios Director of Dice is Ben Baston. The podcast is produced, edited, and narrated by me, C.B. Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter at C-B-D-R-O-E-G-E. 
Thanks for listening. Thank you.